I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and right this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and you owe me $200. And my name is Colin Trucker, (laughs) and I'm not just your mother, I'm your manager. Sweetheart. That was, our, that was our best Boston uh, Oh, my accent. God. I think I got, as far as, I got as far as Rhode Island. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, how are you, Colin? How are you today? Uh, what's, I'm, what's going on? I'm good. You know, I mean, I, I feel like uh, I, the last, like, month or so of my life has just been, like, you know, just a seasonal change. You know, moving and just, Ooh. like, everything just felt like it was a uh, – there was a kind of – shift happening and i kind of feel like the shift feels like it's done and now i'm just in this like new chapter and i don't know what that means it just feels like i'm things feel a little more settled the cake feels a little more done you know yeah i love that um i did see i listened to your um we'll get into it in a moment but i i did hear you move back to astoria i listened to your in the details episode. yes i did what, what stop are you off of i'm off of the 30th avenue stop Ooh. which i know i know i have dreamed of this i have been working my way to this stop my entire life um <laughs> that's the title of uh, the new chapter in, in, your, in your memoir <laughs> totally totally like 30th that's, ave that's the title card if this was like frazier that would be the title card before yeah, the exactly. scene <laughs> <laughs> uh uh so uh, to to go back to your episode, I um, I have some residual. I, I I'll have to say I'm I'm gonna be honest with our listeners. I have some residual guilt about last week's episode with Ruth. I've been I've been meditating upon it, and I know there's nothing to apologize for <laughs> no. because I'm entitled to my own opinion, and I I still kind of stand by it. But I am glad that you got to um really have uh, kind of a, like a redemption for Ruth um, on your episode with Stacy Ponder. It, I listened to it because mm-hmm. I wanted to, uh, I was just so happy for you the whole time because you were both on the same page. You both uh, were, you know, buying what she was selling and uh, <laughs> celebrating her the way that maybe you wished I was celebrating <laughs> her. But I'm... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, she got her Ruth Demption, but yes, Ruth Demption. oh no, no, I, I, and I think I made a joke on that episode of like when you were like, yeah, I didn't really like it at first, and I was like, no, okay, no. well, we're done, and I, I totally like, honestly, like talking with Stacy about it, it was like, yeah, this performance is so unique that like one person can love it and one can hate it. You can love it on one viewing, hate it on another. Like I've gone back and forth where I've been like, actually, <clears throat> I don't think I'm buying it, Gia. You know. But sure. then other times I watch it, I'm like, oh, God, this is genius. So, like, I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, I don't think there's – I mean, it's all just 
objective, subjective, objective, subjective, subjective. opinions yeah. um, about these performances too. And I feel like um, it happens so often. Like uh, I don't know why the Goonies came to mind, but like it's like <laughs> at, now that I'm 33, I I am like movies like that that I actually had seen. Like people say, you've never seen the Goonies. Oh my god! And then I watch it, and I'm like, this is fine. But like, if I was 14, I would be freaking out. And I get that, and I understand it too. So, that sort of introduction in the teenage years is so crucial. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. I feel like, um, a, I've never seen the Goonies, so I'm, you know, okay, I, you're part of the club. I'm part of the club. Like honestly, there are so many things that I am very much. A no good, very bad gay about in terms of yeah. so many things I haven't seen, or just like a no good, very bad lover of best supporting actresses. It's like, yeah, exactly. You know, like exactly. I talk about all these different movies and actresses that I love, and it's like, well, I've seen her in like two things, you know? So sure. that's probably part of the, the foundation of this podcast is to fix that. Um, but I feel, and I'm not, I can see that same experience you're talking about. I think because mm-hmm. it was just Halloween, I feel like I've seen a lot of people sharing a similar experience with the movie Hocus Pocus. Of course, yes. Um, are, what's your, I mean, because it's, you know, somewhat seasonally related, like what's your yeah. relationship with Hocus Pocus? Oh, I mean, I've been waiting all my life to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> I am a Hocus Pocus bitch through and through. I. I remember watching it on the Disney Channel back when you got like free weekends of Disney Channel, not when it was just included in basic cable. Get out of my childhood, Kachanov. I, I know, exactly. I was like, get out of my way. I got to get to the TV. And my brother and I would just sit there from like Friday to Sunday. And like, I would just be like so pissed sitting at church. I was like, we could be home watching the Disney Channel. And Sunday nights were so mournful because you knew that next morning it was going to be I know. Back to Rhea. Back to the old grind in second grade. Vacation's over. Back to making art projects mm-hmm. and macaroni pictures. What a grind. Uh, but I, I, I honestly, I love it so much. I've seen it way more than I should have. But uh, I'm, I'm also not apologizing for that. It's funny because I was in New Hampshire this past weekend for Keon's nephew's baptism and his relatives from France were there. Ooh. So the day after we left, I left a day early because I had to work. Um, they were going to go to Salem on Monday. But Sunday night, which is the night I left, they watched Hocus Pocus in French which I would love to have done because I would have not missed a beat. I would have, I, I honestly, Keon joked about this and I think it'd be so fun. And I'm sure you could do this with um, movies yourself is to just put a movie, like get like a group of gays or a group of gals and gays and mute the TV and just fill in the blanks and just like do the entire, everyone gets to pick a character. I could honestly do that for Hocus Pocus. Like, Oh, that's right now. That's interesting. Everyone gets to pick a character. So everyone's not like fighting for yeah. like, Ooh, I get to be this one. I know. I think it'd be so fun. Or if like someone drops the ball, you just like chime in, you raise your hand, you buzz in and yeah. then you just go for it. Well, but, uh... and I would just choose the bus driver. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, what does he say? Bubble, bubble. So, uh, like, I'm in trouble. Yeah. That's what he said. That's and great. he is, I mean, we did a Hocus Pocus episode for All Right, Mary, I think maybe last oh, year nice. for Halloween. And I I feel like there, our consensus was like, God, that bus driver's hot. <laughs> like, he is. There is something about, and the cop. Oh, I'll take the cop any day. The too, cop? Yeah. Oh, my God. The bus driver and the cop. If I had seen Hocus Pocus when I was a kid, the Hokin and the Pokin that I'd like to do with that cop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the talk that he has it's very sexual he's like you're a virgin and i was like what does this mean yeah. i was like tingling a little right bit. like get on my motorcycle um, i'm gonna yeah. fix this oh, for you before i know it i thought i was a real cop yeah he straddles that bike a little more pocus oh. than hocus <laughs> <laughs> pocus you hardly know us 
It's great. Um, but I do love Hocus Pocus. I am a, a purist and an OG fan for sure. Yeah, um, I um, I had never really seen it as a kid. I knew it was a thing that everybody okay. loved. I didn't really know much about it. I was shocked to find out that it had come out in the summer and not even around Halloween. Oh, um, interesting. Right? Isn't that bizarre? Uh, that is so weird. And... Um, I mean, so I had not, I think that if I had seen it as a kid and if it like was in my, you know, in, in the genetics of my, of my cultural upbringing, so to speak, if I had, yeah. you know, Kathy and Jimmy as, as Mary Sanderson, like buried deeper in my genetics. Yeah. The cataloging years. Yeah. The cataloging yeah, years. Yeah. Yes. I think yeah. that, I think that I, I think about what would have stuck, like what would have resonated. Um, and it would have been Kathy and Jimmy. I would love to believe that it would have been Penny Marshall. Oh yeah, <laughs> that whole scene. I could do a whole episode, right? On that. I mean, what I uh, what I love about that scene is like here is Gary Marshall, Penny Marshall, Bette Midler, Kathy and Jimmy, and Sarah Jessica Parker in one scene together. I mean, that's and Ralph the dog. and Ralph the dog. <laughs> I mean, which I believe was <laughs> Kathy and Jimmy's dog. Oh my god! Yes, I love this so, so much. I mean, like the 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 caliber in that room, you know. I mean, they didn't even have Omri Katz in that scene. I know. Ooh, Whatever happened what to Omri Katz? What a heartthrob! Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was also really into Max a lot. You know, watching again, I'm like, yeah, I could definitely see there are moments where when he's being like dutiful older brother, where I'm like. Oh, he's like mature. Like he knows how to handle the world. Like that's what I need as someone who yeah. knows how to navigate this world because I don't. You know, uh, um, I just I love it so much. I think my favorite part of that. I this is guaranteed to make me laugh every time. I and I always la like. I think there's there are a few movies probably within your wheelhouse too that no matter how many times you see them, you will always laugh. I think another one is My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Mm. Um, but. Uh, when Kathy and Jimmy turns on the TV and it's that commercial of the baby like <laughs> running around and she screams yeah. <laughs> like no one told her to do no that. One. I would say like no one. best supporting actress, Kathy and Jimmy and Hocus Pocus. Um, She's incredible I wish there that. was like yeah. an Oscars for like comedy. You know what I mean? I wish like, honestly, mm. like I think that would be so great. I feel like the uh, Golden Globes try to address that with the like musical or comedy category. That's true. But I, I yeah. think that like, it's still such like a broad, you know, I mean, obviously, there's probably like smaller award shows and like comedy award sure. shows and whatnot. But I think, you know, what? Yeah, what I basically want is an award show that's just for ensemble and guest actors and supporting actors. That's just about looking in the details and looking for those people who are yeah. the receptionist who had three great lines and stole the scene. You know, where's her award? Where's her award show? Yeah. Is it? Do we have to start it? I. I was just going to say, one time um, I was hanging out with um, my friend Patrick. We were just, you know, sitting around, smoking, and just pondering, mm -hmm. you know. Some of your best ideas come from those kind of circles oh, with my with whole your, life. With your fellow gays. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we share, we had just uh, done our episode on Junebug, mm -hmm. you and I, for In the Details. So we, <laughs> and um, I, they had seen Junebug, but there was something about, um, I said I mentioned Celia Weston, and they both like perked up. So we joked that the 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 actual ceremony would be called the Westons, just like. Oh. And the Weston goes to. I mean, it sounds so good, I right? It. I'm just oh. I Weston Award winner, Amy Adams. A Weston Award. <laughs> I've won a Weston. Um, it sounds so uh, sophisticated. It does. Right? It yeah. does. And I love that. I love the idea of it being dedicated to to like actors who are just. I actually, this is you know, 
in some ways tying this back to the today's episode one of melissa leo one of her quotes on imdb was like talking about supporting mm-hmm. actors and she said you need Ooh. them like they are the foundation you can't you can't build the the movie without the supporting actors you can't like build the uh, dinner without the supporting actors as like you know pertinent ingredients and for sure and that like you can have amazing lead roles and they can just be kind of out to see i mean now i'm paraphrasing what she's saying but um or extrapolating on but like you have these you know if you don't have these supporting players if you don't have these people adding texture and creating the world around the central performance then it's just kind of this like thing in the middle of the ocean and so mm-hmm. um you know and i always just go back to supporting characters it's like you are doing more you're doing more with less you know you have less materials yeah. to make uh, a memorable experience so yeah es- especially for those characters who don't have a lot of screen time i think much like rita moreno like this character and we'll get into alice uh melissa leo um it's a it's a pretty meaty role it is a meaty supporting role it's it's like the definition of i feel um but you're absolutely right i i the movies aren't as interesting and in ways it's almost difficult more difficult for an actress to to really step up and find ways to make every moment count um i just keep i keep thinking of celia weston i'm sorry i just think that she should host the awards every year because like she is one of those actresses that like all the gays are rooting for i mean i love her so much she is like i would love a celia weston comeback i think we need to just like champion that vehicle is she on twitter i should just follow her on twitter i wonder right we should just um let's let's just let the universe know that we want to have celia weston on the podcast you know (laughs) Uh, Weston 2020. Weston 2020. I mean, it's just so good. <laughs> oh man. Well, anyways, here. Um, yeah. Shall we get into this? I, I, I feel like um, it's such a great sort of back and forth that we have here because each week we're kind of picking mm-hmm. something that might be a little bit more um, in one person's corner than the other too. So I, I want to leave you, or I want to ask you and just give you the floor of what were your initial thoughts of. The movie, I know there's so much to unpack here, too. That's such That's a okay. question, especially with Amy mm-hmm. Adams, too. I mean, we'll get to mm-hmm. Amy. Um, but M- Melissa Leo and in the world of The Fighter and just the movie The Fighter. This is your first time that you first saw it. First time that I ever saw it. Um, I, uh, I want to first echo, I was having the same thoughts. If I love that each week we kind of go back and forth as, like, the subject matter yeah. expert. Like, last week, like, Ruth Gordon, that performance is so in my bones. And this week, Melissa mm-hmm. Leo, this performance is so in your bones. And I think it lets us, like, yes. kind of swap off each week, you know, until we go to yeah. what we get to one that neither of us really know. Um, I know it's going to Which be will be good, great. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, or it could just be that each week it's sort of like, okay, I'm going to pick this one. And, like, it's yeah. our, our, nom- our personal nomination. Um, Absolutely. But anyway, I'm just talking shop now on the air. Um He's stalling. I'm stalling. I'm yeah, I know. <laughs> He's going to pull a roof on me. He's like, I yeah. hated her. So I hated, her. I hated it. No, I, you know, it's funny that we were just saying about how the movie kind of needs these supporting players and it kind of, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, it, it, the ship's not going to sail without it, you know. And I feel like that was so true for the fighter um, because, mm-hmm. and I'm, I was thinking I'm very excited to talk to you about this because I know we have a similar feeling about like, the the world and the energy of straight men and this yeah. movie was like bringing me those feelings and especially mm. the the like working class boston energy i was so just intimidated yes. the whole time and i've always had feelings like that about 
that that boston culture i'm like oh god i am not tough enough for that world you know for yeah, that for, same i'd, get I'd be eaten, eaten alive. alive yeah um and so i was appreciative of course for like because i think this was also such a man's movie it was such a, a movie about brothers and and just like you know men's stories that i think i was so appreciative that we got so much from Amy Adams and we got so much from Melissa Leo, not just in what they were giving, but what their contribution to the story was. Because while I was also yeah. intimidated by them, by Alice and um, I'm forgetting Amy Adams. Oh, Charlene. Charlene? Charlene. Charlene. I guess it's like, well, I'm just going to find whatever woman in the room I can identify with. And it's yeah. not going to be one of those sisters. Good God. Oh. The sisters, they were like the witches in Macbeth. They were just yeah. the texture. And I realize these are, this is a real story. And so it's not like, you know, this, mm -hmm. these were created characters. But the texture of this, like, you know, Greek chorus of sisters, of, of you're like, are, are these women actresses? Like, I had to go on IMDb yeah. and look up, like, one of them, the, the one who looked the most, like, you know, Oh, I know yep. exactly. The only other movie about. she's been yes. in is Gone Baby Gone, which lives in the exact same world of like Boston. Yeah. And I want to talk about that too. Um, yeah. I I really enjoyed the movie. I, I mean, it was like I got totally sucked in, even though it was such a men's story. Mm -hmm. I yeah. I knew right away why Melissa Leo was nominated. To me, this was sure. hitting a lot of the same notes or the same achieving some of the same qualities. But maybe even more so as like Alice and Janney and I, Tanya. Yes. Oh, yeah. What a great comparison. Yeah. Um, I feel like that kind of character, like you saying, you were saying this is such a meaty role. And it, oh, my God, it is. Mm -hmm. It's I think this this idea of being the tough mother, of being the manager, of, of being desperate, of being manipulative, of, yeah. of, you know, having to exist in this tough boys world, this men's world. Um, and I don't know. There, she... She, I mean, people say this about Melissa Leo, and it's totally true with this role, especially when you then like see her in an interview or at the Oscars. She disappears completely. Yeah, yeah. This woman, I, I, this woman, Alice, it was like, yes, it's a real woman, but I, even if it wasn't based on a true story, I'd be like, I know exactly who this woman is. Oh, this is yes. so spot on. And I, I love how it's, it's a great performance. And I think, all she has to do is just tiptoe to the left a little bit and it gets campy. And I don't mind that because that, the movie ooh. has kind of a funny like sprinkle in it. Like there's a dark comedy edge to it. Yes. <clears throat> you know, like her relationship with George and whatnot. Oh yeah. George. Where I'm, I mean, and even that scene and I'm, I'm saying so much, but even that That's scene okay. where she's like throwing pans at him, yeah. I was like, yeah, this is where she's being given the opportunity to just go crazy because this movie has a volatility to it. And like, I think David O. Russell, this is kind of part of his aesthetic. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this volatility that I like that she even has in her performance. Um, but at the same time, it reminds me of, an, you know, Meryl Streep in Doubt. And she even has that line with Amy Adams where she says, you know, you'd give anything for like just a, a scrap of kindness right now, you know? Yes. And I feel that with Melissa Leo's character with Alice, I'm like, God, I just want you to be nice. Yeah. You know, make it nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To piggyback on that, and I, I, Amanda Kaczynski, best supporting actress, Amanda Kaczynski. <laughs> best supporting actress, Amanda um, Kaczynski. She notoriously does not like this performance, nor Melissa Leo. Um, 
I heard that on Squirrel Friends, and I'm dying to know the deets on that. I th- yeah, I, I would interest, be interested to go back and pick her brain. But, but from what I remember, I just don't think – I think she thinks that she's obnoxious in real life as well. I remember listening to a lady or an episode of Lady Watch, and Ryan O'Connor was like, I think everyone knows that Melissa Leo is extra, right? That's how he said it. And I, mm. and I, I can totally see that. Even her, which we'll get to, her acceptance speech is uh, very strange and uh, – awkward and kind of weird and like kind of uh it's when she says that line about kate winslet it's like she swears but she knew she was gonna swear and she said oh i'm sorry like i i that took me out of the moment for sure yeah the speech is it was a strange moment with her and like i could appreciate being kind of freaked out and and speechless but then i think you won every fucking award you could possibly win yeah. for this. What do you mean you weren't ready with a speech at the Oscars, Melissa yes. Leo? Come I agree. On. This this is not Olivia Coleman winning the Oscar for the yes. favorite. Oh this is this is a performance of speechlessness. Yes, yeah, it's. And I will say too, I I fully um, admit and and know, and that that's such you said it so beautifully too. Um, that this is just one toe over the line and she could it's just too campy and over the top and she toes that line very often in the movie too because it is comical and in the way that she uh, approaches things but there is a groundedness if that's a word Mm -hmm. um of uh like you said it's lived in and it's grounded and there is um Sometimes vulnerability. Uh, that mm-hmm. car scene with uh, Christian Bale is great. Oh, um, I love the car scene. Oh, when yeah, they, I know, when just, they're yeah. Oh, when she's oh god, I love that scene. Oh, when god, she yeah. sings, yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think deep down she does love all of her kids. Um, she says, "I love you all, all equally in the kitchen." It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, each and every one of you. Uh, but uh, she has a job to do, and she has um done that job all of her life and i think really the core of this uh, as far as like alice and like her values like family is everything they mentioned it so many times in this movie and it's very almost in the vein of like a mob movie in a way like it's just like you went against the family and then that's why she's so upset with george when she throws those pots and pans because he went behind her back and um not only is she not getting like the money because there is that sort of motivation that you see in her eyes like she just wants the money mm-hmm. and and she doesn't really care about dickie um or excuse me mickey I, i'm gonna confuse them so often oh, too. Yeah. i should know the difference by now but mark is mickey mm let's just remember that yeah that's good. that's <laughs> saying that's that to myself. yeah yeah um uh and i lost my train of thought but uh that she that she's just like there is the focus of just wanting the money but yeah. you know and my sense of that is like but there is the threat of the money is there to support the family the money is there to go towards the family and yeah. she's not putting it towards drugs she's not putting it to, you know towards um i mean and i think about like you know all these daughters that that are financially relying on her as well in ways you know and the one that she lends the 200 dollars to and all that you oh, know that's so, so it's like there's no we're not I don't think we're really seeing like personal greed. We're seeing this this motivation of family mutating and like kind of taking on the scapegoat of Mickey. You know, mm-hmm. like the runt of the litter has been chosen as the fight dog to support the rest of the pack. Yeah, and I love I don't know what I love about this dynamic of, you know, uh, Mark Wahlberg, who Mark Wahlberg is like 
because if you think of this, I was thinking about this like sort of core four actors. We have Amy Adams, we have Melissa Leo, Christian Bale. It reminds me, in a way, it's not the same dynamics, it's not the same circumstances, but um, of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. And Mark oh. Wahlberg is so the Nick in this situation. Oh, like everyone yeah. has something else far more interesting and maybe relevant and more important to tell in this story. And Mark Wahlberg is kind of our lens through it all. <clears throat> um, so I found that interesting, um, and I think that uh, Mark Wall, like he, he, it's he's very conflicted about it. You feel like he would he would just be able to be, to say, yeah, I can't do this anymore. I got to go. But he, t- he, he cannot stand up to Alice. I think few people can and have. Yeah, in you this know- world too. I agree. I, I think with Mark Wahlberg, you know, I, I went in and I think that comparison of Virginia Woolf is really interesting um, because then I'm thinking of Amy Adams as honey and how great. I know. That yeah, would be. it's just it's, just... you know, I mean, the fact I mean, I'm thinking of Amy Adams now in June bug and I'm thinking, oh, my God, we're going to get to talk about Amy Adams today. Um, so it's a good day. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, going in, you know, I, I would admittedly say I had low expectations of Mark mm-hmm. Wahlberg in this. As what you were saying, like, just kind of like, okay, this is our vehicle to see these much more interesting actors slash characters. The one thing that I picked up on was there is there is this very sad energy of especially towards the beginning of just the little brother who just wants his older brother to to hang out with him and play with yeah. him, you know, yeah. and, and that, and, you know, train him and spend quality time with him. And there's an innocence in there and a, uh, naivete there, naivete, God, how like fucking pretentious am I? I just can't think of a way to say that word that doesn't no, I, sound I know pretentious, Na- yeah. naive. It's like the word impetus. Like if you say the word yeah. impetus, just get up. It's like when people say vis-a-vis, <laughs> I'm like, who the fuck are you? Do you think you who are? do you think you are? Um, <laughs> I know you don't think I know anything. Um, yeah, I, I know, know words. I don't know people, George, but I know people. <laughs> but I know people. But she does know people. <laughs> but I she mean, does. But I, I think also. Um, sorry, I interrupted your. No, thought. that's Mark okay. Um, yeah. But I, I, what I really appreciated was that energy that Mark Wahlberg was playing, um, yeah. and how palpable that was, and how real that was, and I guess it's like to go back to that me- that that notion of like straight men movies and straight straight men energy. I. I think that this is for that kind of story. I feel like for very masculine energy in movies, like the <clears throat> the points of vulnerability are these things: these wanting your father's attention, wanting your brother's yeah. attention, wanting an older authority figure to support you and love you, and 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 where the dissonance is when that doesn't happen. And I feel like that's where these stories show the humanity of these types of men is their relationship yes. to like older authority, male authority figures in their lives. Yeah. I, I really, I read something on IMDb and I'm going to steal this guy's words. It was a review, but it, I, for so many reasons, and we could talk about that sort of our, I don't even know what, what, how do you define our relationship with straight men, Colin? Like to, to kind of fill everyone in and like the way that I sort of start this conversation is I have a really hard time listening to straight <clears throat> men podcasters um and I, I i don't know if it's just well i do know it's it's a it's a it's a a sense of like i don't know if i really relate to you there's a certain humor that i don't respond to and it's like with that being said like do your thing it's not like i'm writing bad reviews on these podcasts mm-hmm. i i just don't find myself searching them out 
uh, as often. And I don't know what that is. Is it like heterophobia? What is it, Colin? I, I don't know. I don't know. Because I, mean, I have the same thing where I am. I mean, some of it is just, you know, at a younger age, I was trained to be afraid of these men. And I was trained yeah. to be afraid of certain energies. And so, yeah. like, if I see, if and, and I feel like straight male podcasters, it's like when a bunch of, like, guys are like laughing together my hair mm -hmm. trigger responses they're they're either going to be laughing at me they are laughing at me yeah. i am not safe from this ridicule i am i am in the orbit and even if i'm just like fucking listening i'm like oh god like these guys are just like wolves in as far sure. as i hear it and so i think there's some of that old like training from like you know uh the bullying years um that mm -hmm. chapter some of it is like they are putting on a certain front yeah. and a certain like sometimes like trumped up you know which i think is an operative word masculine sure. energy that feels inauthentic i guess because i know what it means and what it looks like to put on a masculine energy i can mm -hmm. sense when someone else is doing it and so i don't trust them maybe there's Ooh, something like that that's you know yeah. i'm just spitballing but yeah it is it's drag it's mask drag it mm -hmm. really is like you see like there's nothing that will make me sort of clam up and just really start to um code switch than like maybe being on a road trip and we're like at a gas station in West Virginia and then I walk out of my car not wearing anything out of the ordinary either but I'm just and they like you said they could just be looking at me because I'm a person walking by them but I'm I immediately go to like they know I'm gay I don't belong here and that of course like with all this being said this is all like both you and I this is all our stuff that we are dealing with oh, and we yeah. are aware of mm -hmm. and you know this is not reflective of friends and all that. <laughs> right. This isn't reflective of like our destination. It's reflective of the baggage we brought on that trip. For sure. And yeah. I think that um, I, I, there's something about, uh, I, th I think the thought that I started to say to this, this guy's quote and this movie, sh I should not like just me as Nick Kachanov doesn't really, I would have never have sought this movie out on my own had it not been starting. Cause I was watching, I think, one of the early award shows, I can't remember, but I, I heard that Melissa Leo was like, come because I think I was rooting for Amy Adams or someone else that season, and I, I saw that she was winning. I was like, what's this movie about? Um, and the guy's quote on IMDb, it says, this is a sports film that rises above the genre to become something better. That was his sort of quote, end quote, mm. uh, situation. And I think it's because of the story, uh, it's because of the characters and their humanity that surround the idea of boxing. Because boxing... I mean, how many boxing movies have there been? Like, it's, there's so right. many. And it's, you know, in every sort of uh, movie like that, it has the same narrative, you know? Like, it's the underdog. He, he, he stumbles, and then there's a training sequence, and then he comes back, right. and then he wins, and it's There's a amazing. big fight at the end. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's the yeah. same story being told. Um, but I think what I appreciate and I really love about this is the idea of these women in the community as well, and sisters included. I know they're problematic in their own way, but... Um, uh, my dad, um, without getting to like Nick's childhood here, but my dad's best friend, his name is, uh, we call him Uncle Mark, even though he's not my uncle. Um, he is a, a hick, mm. hillbilly guy that lives in, he lives like 15 minutes away from uh, uh, our house in, in uh, North Huntington, if anyone knows where that is. Uh, but <laughs> Shout out. Yeah. yeah, but he, like to the extent of he has a, uh, like a Confederate flag in his front yard with a flagpole. And um, so, I love like, people who have Confederate flags in the North. <laughs> I know it's I don't. It's so weird. What are you but doing? <laughs> I I so that was a lot of my childhood growing up around these people. Um, 
seeing and I would mostly hang out with the women like we'd Mm -hmm. go to these parties and I would just be like uh but I also was too young to kind of know that I was uncomfortable but I knew that I was right um but there is a level of being introduced to that and kind of surrounded by it at such a young age that does kind of help me a little bit more because I'm like oh these are just like my it's my uncle Mark and his friends you know what I mean and right but, but there's also that level of like especially there's such I, my the moment she won it for me is so specific, um, but it was just exactly how these women act and in these situations, these birthday parties, these Christmas parties that I used to go to when I was younger with these people that, you know, when they know me as an adult, I think my dad is told he's definitely told my uncle Mark. And I remember he told me that it was uh, he was really nervous to tell him. Because my uncle Mark, I'm sure, has used the word faggot mm. and all this other shit, too, before my dad even knew that I was gay and even while, you know, after I came out, too. But um, I don't know where all this is going, but I do know Alice and I do know these sisters and I do know that sort of it's it's just a different territory. It's just in Boston as opposed to a suburb of Pittsburgh, too. And yeah scene it's it's where we first meet amy adams and they're just they're just laughing at the expense of george Mm -hmm. and i can't remember what the joke is but right is leading the charge and that's familiar to me that is all very familiar maybe a little bit nicer in my experience there's Uh there's more of a wink and a laugh in in the ribs you know what i mean yeah whereas this was just like you know keep going till you see blood yeah yeah and i think in a way it's almost to my detriment too that i've become so good at code switching Mm. and i can read a room so well and it's probably unhealthy at the same time but there is that if i walk into a room of alice's i know exactly the type of humor they're like they will respond to i know what kind of conversation they can like Mm -hmm. you know um i wouldn't talk about how i made like truffle mac and cheese last week i'd be like oh you know what i went to aldi and it was two for a dollar and it was so good and Mm -hmm. i bought the you know the button they're like oh and then they just start you know there is that right and i don't know if that's healthy or if it's not healthy but i i think that it's um either way it's 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 just kind of adapting to your surroundings yeah way i I, Uh, that code switching thing i do the same thing to the point where i'm like wait which one's like the real me you know, because yeah. I've done this so many times, like, wait a minute, wait, when am I just being myself? Because it, and it's and it's in little things. It's not like this sort of sociopathic thing. It's more of like if I'm around a certain, you know, energy, I'll yeah, I'll adapt. And it ultimately is like to find a way to like have a laugh together or to like joke about something or to find some sort of like common en- thing we can agree on. And so yeah. I will always code switch to find something that that to to go to the aisle where that person would shop. You know, it's never about going where I would go. It's and like when I feel that happen where I feel someone code switch to me in some way, I guess Mm. I'm kind of like, wait, what are you picking up that you're switching to to me? Because I don't even know who I am. You know, (laughs) like, yeah, what are you picking up? You know, uh, you're reading from my dream journal, as you once told me. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's I mean, it's a really I mean, that's a you know, uh, it's an interesting experience. But but I know exactly what you're saying. If there was a room full of Alice's, I would I would not talk about – I would probably go to a place of, like, commiseration. Like, it would be like, oh, my God, it's so cold already. Like, yeah, right? Winter comes sooner and sooner every year, right? Like, yes. I'm in a parka by October, right? You know, and, and going yeah. to that place, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't be talking about the Barefoot Contessa. I'd be talking about diners, drive-ins, and dives. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it's that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the what delineation. they watch. That is the delineation. Um, yeah. I – 
I have to tangent so hard to the left that people might even be like, this is Please. so irrelevant. But if I, I, have, I should have brought this up probably the first episode, and I have been forgetting to for months. But you've mentioned the Barefoot Contessa, and I just think we have to stop and talk about the Barefoot Contessa for two seconds. I mean, because I think as many seconds as you as like. As many seconds as you like. <laughs> yeah. I think you and I have separately, like, it's ironic that we are now doing a podcast together because I yes. think on our own, we have each either allowed or to ourselves considered doing a Barefoot Contessa podcast. Oh. I yes. I almost started it like and what because I, <gasps> I I and this was months ago maybe a year ago even where I was watching tons of episodes of it and I was sucked into the world of it and the world of the gay friends and the husband and like what is your day this is your day it's just going to this bougie market and looking yeah. for one thing and then taking your BMW home and like I just got obsessed with the aesthetic of that and how it yeah. felt and like the weird friends she'd have over and like, what's their story and the florist and all that. Um, Michael, Michael, Michael. <laughs> and and I thought orange sweater. He's always wearing an orange always. Sweater. And just, I mean, and then the whole, the, the difference between Ina Garten, the real woman, and then the barefoot Contessa character she plays and yeah. how kind of like almost ridiculous the character is. But then when you see the Ina shine through, it's like, Oh my God, you get it. You know exactly what you're doing right now. You're so in on this. Oh, you're so yes. cool. And I thought, oh, I mean, there's so many episodes. It's like, but I could just queen out on an episode every week. And I mean, I'm always down. The right? Good Vanilla, I, the name is ready. Well, that's okay. So that's what I thought is like the, the obvious name is Good Vanilla. Um, yeah. And then the sort of working title that I was playing with for a while because I knew that that was the right one was Store Bought is Fine. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is also just as great. <laughs> so who knows? It may come to pass that we do like a Patreon series or something where we just talk about the barefoot I mean, the evolution of Ina too, like um, from her very first episode, because I've I've seen her twice live. Oh, yes, you heard me right. Yeah. I've seen her twice. <laughs> wow, live in person in Pittsburgh, and I th I feel like I've mentioned that either on Squirrel Friends or in the details or something mm -hmm. or uh, somewhere along the line. But right. I, there is something about the world that it, um, that brings me great comfort. It's like this magical land that I want to be a part of. I want to go to Ina's house. I want to be the gay man, the new gay man, mm -hmm. men. Uh, uh, in her life, and um, and she makes me laugh hard, yeah. Because, but it is like an Alyssa Edwards sort of moment. She doesn't know that she's that she's that awkward and funny, but she also knows that she's awkward and funny. I think she knows that she's awkward. I think that oh, um, because yeah. she did not want to do that cooking show. They they had to really convince her that this was a good idea because I think at, its, at her core, she is not the type of person to be. Uh, you know, in front of the camera, but it just works. I think it just does. That's what I I pick up about her is like, oh, I see that this is you're putting this on, and mm -hmm. it's not really fitting, and you're making it work. Um, but yeah, there's those moments where yeah, like when she's having banter, where I'm like, oh god, oh this is, you know, it's any time where it's like, okay, everybody, let's dig in, and she just like can't get through that segment. It's just yeah, like she can't. She just she does not know how to like serve and talk at the same time <laughs> it's so true i cringe so hard when she has a guest on the show it's really awkward oh it's so bad it, she just yeah she she has these moments i think where it's like oh i've said she says the wrong thing and she just kind of laughs her way through it oh god it's great yeah, she's it's great the nervous laugh ina's nervous laugh would be like one of the episodes we talked ina's about. nervous yeah. laugh i mean really it's like she is such a best supporting actress energy 
Uh, oh, I mean, store-bought is fine. It's really good. Store-bought is fine. I mean, it, you know, this can happen. Um, okay. But anyway, I, if I did not mention this, I was never going to. And so, I am so glad you did. I hope everyone enjoyed it just yeah. as much as we did. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, we should we should get into things. I mean, we've certainly, you know, uh, started to navigate the fighter, which, by the way, I was like, wasn't she also in The Wrestler? But she wasn't. It's just a mm. similar, like... Very similar movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, what's her name? Um, Marissa Tomei is in that. Marissa Tomei. And someone else is in that who's like... I is like an older woman. I'm going to look it up right now because I, I have seen it once. I know Amanda really loves that movie a lot. And that was like such a great moment for Mickey Rourke too. Um, yeah. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood is in it. That's interesting. Oh, that's right. Um, that's right. Evan Rachel Wood. Yeah. I don't see anyone else as far as ladies. Maybe it was just the two of them, Evan Rachel Wood and Marissa Tomei. Yeah. And I think Marissa Tomei may have, well, it doesn't so she was nominated. She was nominated. Yeah, what year was that? It's the 2009 Academy Awards, yeah. And that was, of course, uh, the year that Viola Davis didn't win for Doubt. I know. I mean, Vicky Christina Barcelona. I'm excited to get into that. I actually own that movie, and I've seen it a a handful of times, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, Um, that's going to be an interesting one because I saw it in the theaters, and I remember being like, I do not understand why this is getting all so much praise. I just don't see it. Sure. Um, I, I think that might be our first, like, we're both on that same page. Yeah, sort of yeah. And and I feel like I've seen The C- Curious Case of Benjamin Button. I've seen Doubt. I will watch The Wrestler. Um, just to kind of, like, do that comparison and try to understand, like, what happened. Yeah, if anything, I'd, I'd say it's between, well, oh, Doubt. It's tough. Amy, again. It's, I yeah. Wrote, <laughs> yeah. I literally wrote, I'm doing... Um, I'm doing the artist way. I'm trucking along, oh. and I wrote about Amy Adams today in my morning pages because I just had to. I, I woke up and I, I just like went on a rant. Oh my god, <laughs> I love it. I feel like that is the magic of the morning pages is that you can, you can just yeah, write I about felt Amy Adams afterwards. Yeah, too. I was, yeah. I was ready, galvanized. Yeah. Um, well, um, yeah. So obviously, this is not the wrestler. It's the fighter, and it's two thousand. The two thousand eleven Oscars made in two thousand ten. Um, so as per usual, let's talk about the other nominees and yes. what we know about them and what we think about them and just give them some appreciation. Um, the fellow nominees were, of course, Helena Bonham Carter for The King's Speech, Haley Steinfeld for True Grit, Jackie Weaver for Animal Kingdom, which because she's Australian, I have to say Jackie Weaver and <laughs> I can't help it. And That's good. Of, thank you very much. Uh, and then, of course, we have... Amy Adams as Charlene in The Fighter, and obviously Melissa Leo, who won as Alice in The Fighter. I mean, I think we both know who we're keen to talk about, but maybe we'll just give a bit of airtime to the other three. Um, Had you seen any of those movies? Do you have any thoughts on those actresses? What's what's your hot take on them? Yeah, um, the only one I'd seen uh, beyond The Fighter was uh, The King's Speech, Mm. um, which won Best Picture that year, and also a sort of, I wouldn't even say controversial, but um, it just seemed like such an obvious, boring, like, winner. Um, Mm -hmm. I saw it, I thought it was beautifully shot. It's Tom Hooper, I believe, who directed that, who also did, like, Les Mis, and um, I'm blanking on other things he did, but... uh, uh, I thought that Helena Bonham Carter it, it deserved nomination for sure. Um, I think. Did you see it? I did I not. Know. I did not. So I was very okay. curious to hear, like, if if yeah. you felt like this was a deserved nomination. Yeah, it's it's the whole movie is just so beautiful to watch too, and um, 
she plays supportive wife, um, but also to the like there are a few scenes. I remember one of them where Colin Firth like breaks down crying because he just can't uh, seem to. You know, it's it's in the in the midst of his voice therapy with uh, Jeffrey Rush, who was also great in that movie. I thought Jeffrey Rush was going to win that year, mm. um, but Christian Bale did, so so be it. Uh, and Christian, oh man, there's so much to talk about. Okay, uh, but Helena Bonham Carter, there's a couple of scenes where she had because she has to play like strong wife. It's the way that she consoles him, and it's just a really good script too that she's not sympathizing with him to the she is to the to the point of uh, being supportive wife but she also um is strong in her own way as well it's a it's a good dynamic to sort of watch and watch her sort of, and she also is the one who sets up the appointment with jeffrey rush mm-hmm. there's a really great scene where jeffrey rush will not give uh you know voice therapy or you know it's like a speech pathologist i guess he to anyone uh outside of his office he's like well they're gonna have to come to me and then she says like well he's I can't remember what political like who does he play Colin Firth? I don't even oh. know. Well, the king? Uh, <laughs> the king. I don't know. Yeah, we'll just say the king. And uh it's she's she is um she's very polite and a hard ass at the same time, which is very fun to watch mm-hmm. and I think that it was was really well cast with her because she is she has that edge but she also can quote unquote clean up really well yep. and be able to play that uh that sort of character as well so i i really liked her a lot i didn't think she was gonna win but um yeah a well mm-hmm. deserved nomination nice uh so you have not seen true grit or animal kingdom and are you familiar with Haley steinfeld or jackie weaver um i know jackie weaver from silver linings playbook who i really loved in silver linings playbook i thought she and i didn't know she was australian until yeah. i watched some clips from animal kingdom this past week yeah i am um, i have i've have not seen the king's speech or true grit I'm not super familiar familiar with Haley Steinfeld, but I know her name. Jackie Weaver, same. I had not seen Animal Kingdom, but I did see her in Silver Linings Playbook, and she was nominated. Um, two years later, she got nominated for Silver mm-hmm. Linings Playbook, and it's a that was the year that Anne Hathaway won, um, and that Amy yes. Adams was also nominated for The Master, <sighs> uh, and Sally Crazy. Field for Lincoln, Helen Hunt for The Sessions. Um, I really enjoyed her in Silver Linings Playbook. It is an unlikely Same. role to get noticed to the point of nomination. And so Same. that was like, oh, because she doesn't have, she has moments, but she doesn't have like big like scenes, you know, she's more of yes. like the texture of the story. So um, I think she's a great actress and I think she's, she's similar to like Melissa Leo in this. I know exactly the woman she's playing in Silver Linings Playbook. Oh yeah, it's it's just like the. She's a mom, but she. Uh, I'm trying to think of other words to describe her, but I, to piggyback on your thought, I feel like she was just kind of like, uh, riding the coattails of the hu- uh, the buzz of that movie, mm-hmm. and it's just like one of those things where like let's nominate everyone, let's right. get them up here, yeah, right. like just for the sake of like. Silver Linings Playbook with 10 nominations, mm-hmm, including right. blah, 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 um, which we've seen before, and I'm sure we will see down the road with other years as well. Sure, like the size and, of a movie and like what it, the press it's getting for other categories kind of like, yeah, bolsters the other ones, yeah. Yeah, and Haley Steinfeld, I think it fits that sort of, because we talked about the sort of formula for nominees of there's the young up-and-comer, there's, you know, the there's the Jackie Weaver, there's the, the old you know, constant nomination, which could be Helena Bonham Carter in this situation. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Amy Adams and then, eventually. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then there's the two that it might be between, you know, which is Amy Adams and it's like the could have win, could have won, and should have won too. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think that that brings us to <clears throat> to Amy Adams. Um, tell me your thoughts on Amy Adams as Charlene. Okay, so um, I think her best moment, which I uh, almost forgot about as I was watching this for sure, is the porch scene with Christian Bale. Mm. That is her. That is her Oscar moment for sure. When he comes back to convince her um, that he has changed since he's got out of jail and he's clean, but like who would believe, you know, an addict, like the, the day he gets out of jail really mm-hmm. is like kind of what they're setting up. I just love the way that she reacts when he says like, what have you done with your life? You've done nothing. Oh, God. There's something and then she's that, like, yeah, God, it's such an, uh, I don't know why that hits me every time too. Cause I feel like he's talking to me at the same time. You, 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 you are so a part of, um, the fabric of Amy Adams character at that moment. I, I don't know why. Um, and the way that she reacts to that, she's, and you know, she's lying through her teeth when she's like, I love my life. And he's like, what have you done? You're a bar waitress. You're a college dropout. And she, he, he is like throwing daggers mm-hmm. at her because she's been, she's being shitty to him, but he can't really defend himself because his history prior to that is just, he doesn't have like a clean record at all, but he's, he's trying and he doesn't know how to say that to her, except to just like spar with her a bit halt her with those words and then he can say something else and i i think that is her best moment um i love seeing her in this type of role for sure like this sort of gritty um but i i i think i i'm I'm sort of half and half with as far as like should she have won for this she could have it was another year maybe Mm. it's like all it's like all those sort of thoughts together but um because she is for the most part very um i i don't want to say in the background but she's quietly um you know sort of nudging mark, mark Wahlberg. she's so that's her only purpose at first too but she does have this sort of i almost feel i can't believe i'm saying this but i, I would be interested to hear maybe you have other um thoughts of who could have played this role besides amy adams Ooh, yeah because there is something that's very it's almost like the anne hathaway in um Brokeback Mountain, you know, like showing her boobs in the back of the car too. It's like they could have cast someone that has a little bit more of that edge as well. But I don't know who it is. I'm glad Amy Adams is in this movie. I love her. Um, mm-hmm. Those are my those are my thoughts. Go for it. Yeah, I you know I uh, I I totally agree with you. That moment on the porch. There's something that happens on her face as yes. he's just like reading her. That her eyes kind of you know get a film of tears. Yeah. There's just this the blankness over, yeah. that. It, it's this moment of genius acting where I think this is where Amy Adams shines yes. is these, these like, they're not even choices. Like, and I love an acting choice. It's just a thing that she has allowed through, you know? And it's like, I don't know how anyone could tell her to do this. I don't know how she could figure it out on her own other than just allowing it. Yeah. And it's, it's really, that, that moment I was like, wow, you are fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it's her moment. Um, and that's, you know, that is the thing with me, for me, with a lot of Amy Adams' performances. I mean, this is why I think Junebug is her best one is because it never slips. It is, she is so fully enge- engaged and invested in that character and it, it it always works. And I found with this role, I thought she was great, but what I sometimes struggle with with Amy Adams is it's the same thing I have with Kate Winslet where she doesn't disappear completely in the role. Yeah. And I see like it's kind of like seeing somebody's natural hair underneath the yeah. wig. Oh, I you know, totally it's like, oh, I can you see mean. your hairline. Yeah. 
And so I know that you're doing a great illusion, but like I'm remembering that it's you. And I, it's weird because like I think that this role, I think that that happens where I, sometimes, and then there'll be moments where she completely disappears and I'm like, oh my God. Like I, there's times where I guess I'm not buying Amy Adams as this woman. Sure. And then there's times where I am buying it and I'm paying up front, yeah. you know? Um, to your question of like who could play this character and maybe, you know, not have those moments of slipping or those moments where I'm seeing the actress underneath. That's a great question. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think of it until right now. We could have prepped for it, but uh, yeah, maybe we'll think of something you know, later. It's, Unless you have an answer, I don't know. I, you know, I was thinking. You know, I could see, I could see someone like, you know, obviously Michelle Williams, who I think Ooh, is the yeah. queen of that right yes. now, and she was in that Manchester by the yeah. Sea, which is also Boston. I didn't see that, but neither did I'm I. And very I'm keen to. Super excited to see it. Yeah, it's just it's supposed to be not a fun yeah. watch, but. Um, there was just someone else I was just thinking of, of who I'd love to see do that role. I'm trying to see if I can picture her in my head again. Um, oh, oh, she's maybe not the right age, but I feel like a younger, like Naomi Watts would be really interesting. Ooh, I see that. Yeah. She's got that kind of like, I always think of Naomi Watts, is, and I know like she and Nicole Kidman are not the same person, but they're both like beautiful blonde Australian actresses. <laughs> and she's like the more like, like Nicole Kidman is like the evening gown and Naomi Watts is like the pantsuit that you go to brunch. Yeah. In, you know, like cocktail hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, there's just something and both of them are great. It's just different energies. Yeah, right. And I think Naomi Watts can kind of get there, you know, her hair gets messier, mm -hmm. you know? Um, it'd be interesting to see like an Emma Stone in this kind of Ooh, role. Wow. Just, I'm, I'm very intrigued by her Yeah, and what she's, she could do these days, you know? I think that, um, and maybe this is why it takes you, because I, I agree, this is not my, you know, top three best Amy Adams moments or performances too, but with that, like you said, she is great. I think a lot of the lines she actually says are in those moments of humor, and maybe that's why mm -hmm. I was just so kind of starved for that porch scene too, because I needed that. Um, I also love when she comes over to Mark Wahlberg's apartment when they are showing the HBO film documentary uh, of, of mm -hmm. uh, Christian Bale and his drug addiction and stuff like that. And she, she says a lot by just standing there because they just had a fight and she's teary eyed. And I was like, I wish she said more, but also I'm glad she didn't at the same time. I don't mm -hmm. think there's anything that needs to be said there. Um, you know, it's yeah. Go, yeah, go. I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. There's a lot about her body language. I think that is interesting and that sells this is the way she carries herself. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, that porch scene, you know, the fight scene with the sisters, I think, is we really see, like, it, I think it's exciting to see that because I think that's who this woman is. And I just kind of want to see more like it, it was like, oh, cool, you can go there. You can like threaten to rip out someone's hair and then like punch someone yeah. in the face. Like, I, I don't always associate that with Amy Adams. And so the leap to, to that woman, yeah. to that character is a larger leap than the leap to like the character she played in doubt yes for sure honestly like speaking of that disappearing i think that's really well put like june bug for sure and this is a crazy thing to say but one of my favorite amy adams performances is in enchanted i thought you were gonna say that because i that's what i thought in the back of my mind was like that's another one where she just disappeared yeah and there's that one moment i don't know if i was watching like amy adams clips i mean that's the daily for me really um yeah right uh 
where she gets mad at Patrick Dempsey and Enchanted, and she doesn't know how to process anger because she's a princess. And just like mm. the, the hands, she's like, I'm so angry. And then she like laughs and she smiles and she's like, I'm angry. And then she's able to like mm-hmm. allow herself to feel that emotion, but she's also like excited about it. I, I, I really think that that's one of the, <laughs> one of her better performances. I, I loved that movie. I've heard other people say that too, that like, it's just, um, it's so much better than you expected to be. There's so much. It, Full commitment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I think some people have similar feelings about, um, Reese Witherspoon in Legally Blonde. Yes. Oh, a perfect comparison, Colin. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like that there's like, oh, there's actually like, there's a lot of like, she knows what she's doing. You know, there's like, there's layers there. I'm, I'd have to watch Legally Blonde again. I believe it. I just would need to kind of. Honestly, it's worth a rewatch. There's so much to like unpack there. Cause I, I did that for the No Good, Very Bad Gay. And it's one of Keon's favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's awesome. It's yeah. really great. It's, yeah. She's fantastic. Um, yeah. I mean, I always just think of like, I don't remember the line, but it's when that gay guy says, like, don't you tap your your last season, blah, 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 at me, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't remember. It's, yeah, and then, and then, by the water fountain. Yeah. yeah. He's gay. Yes. Yeah. I mean, slightly problematic, but, you know, we... But uh, whatever. Like, I think the whole it. thing is supposed to be, like, it's all ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, well, should we get to uh, the acceptance speech? Oh, the awkward if acceptance we have speech. To. I know. It's really bad. I mean, first of all, I don't know why they needed to bring Kirk Douglas out of the lung to come on stage. And then it was like Charlie Brown's teacher announcing the nominations. (laughs) And the nominees are for the fighter. I fast forwarded. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. It was terrible. I mean, like he was kind of being funny. And I realized, okay, he's kind of like stalling and like kind of doing a bit. And I appreciated his ability to kind of still be funny. But um it was just kind of like I think there was a certain year when they had Dick Clark on doing the New Year's um, show that he does, and it was yeah. one year too long for Dick. We don't, yeah, we don't, we didn't need it. No, no, I just it, wanted him to sit down. Just rest. yeah, it's like can someone just get Kathy Griffin and just let Dick go have a seat? You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, so yeah, I think you know we'll skip all the Kirk Douglas nonsense and we'll we'll cut to Melissa's speech, which is. Um, at first I was enjoying it and then I was like this is let's just let it play out yeah Oscar for supporter actor goes to me Melissa Leo the final This is the first Academy Award and second nomination for Melissa Leo. Two years ago, she was nominated as Best Actress for Frozen River. You pinch me? (laughs) What? Mine? For me? You're much more beautiful than you were in the present. Hey, you're pretty good looking yourself. What are you doing later on? Really, 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 really 
truly, wow. I know there's a lot of people that said a lot of real, real nice things to me for several months now. But I'm just shaking in my boots here. Um, okay, all right. Um, thank you, David O. Russell. I want to thank the actors, Mark Wahlberg, Christian Bale. He went, might run out for a second. Amy, my sweet sister Adams, Jack, our lovely daughters. Okay. Yeah, I am kind of speechless. Golly sakes, there's people up there too. Kate two years ago, it looked so easy. Oops. <laughs> Alice Ward, your beautiful family that opened your hearts. I saw Mick here earlier, Dick. Shout out for Nana. All right, Dick's not in the room. Um, thank you so much, opening your hearts to all of us to make this film. I thank David, I'll thank him again. My family, my beautiful son who's traveling right now in South America, can't join me. It's okay, I'm okay, Jack. Um, my mom and my dad and my brother and my friends and my family. And I wanna thank the very most of all, the Academy of Motion Picture Sciences, their board of governors, and all their members, who many of you are here today. This has been an extraordinary journey in getting to know what the Academy is about. And first and foremost, thank you, Academy, because it's about selling motion pictures and respecting the work. Thank you so much. So, I mean, as we were kind of saying at the top of the show, like this, this performance of speechlessness, it's like you, I, part of me was like, oh, I love this. It's such like a not perform, like a not scripted moment. And she's just like, again, like Olivia Coleman at the Oscars winning. It's like, oh my God, we're just seeing a human being thrown off. Ugh. But then I thought. I'm again like I just I feel like she would have been prepared I, I don't know I who am I to say I've never been up there but I just wasn't fully buying it as much as I was buying Olivia Coleman. oh yeah there's no comparison I like I said the moment she said um Kate when Kate won a few years ago she made it look so fucking easy oh and then she she just did it too soon like yeah she didn't she it was an opportunity to have a moment. Yeah. For anyone who, um, I think this is also a very visual speech because at the end, like I would suggest YouTubing it, anyone who hasn't seen it, because at the very end, she steals Kirk Douglas's cane as they walk off stage. It is so strange. It's so strange. She I takes mean, the cane and like pretends that she's him and he's just, and then the other guy has to help him because yeah. she stole his cane. I was like, what's <laughs> Yeah, they, it's like they were carrying him off the battlefield, and she yeah. had his cane, and she was just like, I mean, there were moments where she, it, I was very charmed by her when he said, "Oh, you're much more beautiful than you yes. were in the movie," and she's like, "Oh, thanks. What are you doing later?" Like, I and that's I the only good moment, right? Honestly. Like that was really good. I there were some because Oscar speeches are always so rushed. 
I liked the kind of moments of silence and looking around. I liked that kind of like, yeah, wow, take it in. This is all real. There's people up there. Like I thought, I liked that she didn't get played off. Um, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I think. It's like she remembered her speech in the end, and she said, so first and foremost, thank you to the Academy. It's like, Melissa, you just thanked like 10 other people. You, you, I know that this was supposed to be the beginning of your speech, but cut that line, you know? Just yeah. say, and but most of all, again, I can't critique someone at the Oscars, you know, when maybe their head is spinning. But she seemed in control enough to control her yes. words if that makes sense yes that's the problem like, she seemed yeah. in control yeah she seemed calm and like able to really at least that's the way that she looked but who knows what was going on in her head who um, knows i did yeah. want to mention really quick too and, and you might have spotted this on, on imdb but melissa leo financed and took out her own for your consideration ads for the Be best supporting actress nomination this was like her do this is a first in hollywood and it was like considered kind of controversial at the time but yeah, I it read that. Worked. Yeah, yeah, that she took out her own ads. She wasn't going through like you know marketing and her publicists or whatever they you know the normal yeah. channels are. Um, I mean that you know I know that's that's part of the game and whatnot is like you know it's just like any other election, but it's um, it's so. I mean, I guess the whole idea of it is just that there's such a crowded field that like you have to do this like remember me, remember me, yeah. um, and that's kind of what it is. But. Uh, it's a shame that ultimately, and I don't think this is a reflection on her, it's just in general, that so often those ad campaigns are what makes the decision versus like yeah. really strong performances are really like, there's just, I mean, the number of performances that go unnoticed because they just don't have this kind of support behind them. As someone who just like lives for those performances primarily when watching a movie, it's like, what a bummer, you know? I know, I know. It's like all the unnamed best supporting actresses that could have at least had a nomination yeah that's why we need to start the westons i know <laughs> this is all a, this is all a call for the westons oh my we god see a, we see a we see you <laughs> we see you we see you honka honka <laughs> oh lord um so let's get into some of these moments um mm. part of the film i mean there is there is these sort of pit stops along along the way for alice too and i think the first scene I, it's i we would be remiss if we did not talk about really the the fashion of alice and her outfits and just really everyone else in the movie but there's something about alice in that first scene when she walks in in that like white suit and the scrapbooks and like oh, yeah and speaking of just like that code switching and like, um, or not even the code switching, but like everyone, no one has seen Alice look like this, or at least in a while too. And mm -hmm. she looks ridiculous, but yeah. like, it's the best that she could look, I guess, at the time with what she has. And, and you could tell that like, I love when she just like, there's a moment where she like, she kind of takes it in for a second. Mm -hmm. She like gives us a little bit of a spin. And, right. Uh, it's great. She feels her oats for like the first time in a very long time. Yeah. And yeah, but it is all of this. It's, it's Alice putting on this drag and like not really selling it. And it's yeah. Melissa Leo completely selling Alice, not really selling the drag. Yes. And to be able to kind of do that. I mean, that's, it's sort of a bit of like what Stacy and I were talking about on in, in, in the details about Ruth Gordon is like, yeah. it's mini Castavette performing and not really selling it 
but it's Ruth Gordon selling mini Castavette, not really selling it. Yes. And that, and it's, so it's not the actor who isn't hitting the right notes. It's the character. And I think in this, it's like Melissa Leo is so in control of who this woman is that she also knows who she isn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh man. Um, and I think from the moment she comes out to, you know, who this woman, I love someone who just like, you know, what's coming, you know, what you're, you're going to be, uh, experiencing for the next like two hours in the first line that they have to, mm. it's, it's just great. Um, with this performance, I guess it's probably similar to like Sandy Dennis or, um, you know, others where like, again, you, you don't have to wait for like, Oh, I see why this was nominated or, uh, or like wait for the whistle tone. I think yeah. what, Right away, what I love about her, and, and Melissa Leo talked about this. There's a quote, again, on IMDb, because um, she talks about being a smoker. And she says, you know, actors love props. And the one prop, like, you almost got to be careful with is a cigarette because it's just so much fun to act with. And, like, she says, I've been doing, I've been, I've been playing with cigarettes since I was, like, 16. And I yeah. think that is, like, there are definitely Oscar moments. And I have the moment in my mind when, like, when she won it. But I think to rewatch this movie in like a certain lens is to watch all the ways Melissa Leo plays with a cigarette. Yes. Um, and the way that she lets the cigarette kind of almost bring her into the character of Alice. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, it's just, it's so much fun to just the gesturing and, and the smoking and the dragging on it. And like um, the, the sort of the illusion of the smoke in her face. I feel like that, that's kind of to me it's like whenever i think of this character i think of her as smoking even when she's not exactly yeah uh, i can smell the house that she lives in yes oh um, god it stinks it's, yeah it's it's terrible yeah um but one of my i mean i i i think this is chronological but just kind of these this these landing points of alice scenes that i really love is one of them is when um we mentioned that scene in the bar when she's around with george and mm -hmm. she's kind of She's the life of the party. That's another oh, yeah. sort of like mm -hmm. she is who everyone, everyone in town knows Alice. Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 and there's something about that small town uh, familiarity. Everyone kind of knows everyone. Of course, it can backfire, but like I do like the idea of that, even though I myself could don't really want to participate in it. <laughs> but right, right. I do like the idea of having that sense of community. Um, even if it is like uh, WT, white trash. Um, right, right. And, and it's so, I mean, I think especially like that energy, all of that, you know, um, it's so, like I mentioned, we talked about the movie Gone Baby Gone briefly before. Have yeah. you seen that? I've not. Oh, you should see. It. It's it's a lot of the same energy, but what it's mostly worth watching for is an amazing nominated performance by Amy Ryan. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, it, she's another uh, one. I, I love her. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I would love, love to do a whole episode about Amy Ryan because she's never won, but she does consistent supporting actress work from The Office. Oh, yes. Holly. Uh, she, Holly Flax. I have so many feelings about Holly and Michael and how wonderful they are and how great of a female character she is. Yes. A, a female character never gets to be that weirdo, Never, and yet is, like, not an alien. Like— yeah. I love Holly so much. I am not in the camp of, of Aaron. I don't get it. I just don't get it. <laughs> I fully get the appeal of Holly. Um, oh, yeah. Because she has that 
it's like magic how I don't know if it's either in her talking heads, but I, I feel like most of it lives there where she kind of comes back and looks at the camera mm-hmm. and you know that she knows that we know like that she can dial it back. But she also just comes alive when she's around Michael and it oh. just uh, it's magic. It oh, really it's is. so beautiful. She totally comes alive around Michael. It's the most beautiful relationship in that show. I mean, even more than Jim and Pam, who I oh, love. Oh, yeah. Is Jim and Pam. Who? Michael and Holly. Ugh, anyway, uh, well, I, I just, ugh, that's a tangent. But she is so fucking good in Gone Baby Gone. And it's mm-hmm. similar to Melissa Leo in that one step in the wrong direction and it goes over the top. But it's, at the same time, it's like her character in that would be friends with one of these awful sisters in The yes. Fighter, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, but I think that world is so... Um, I think to be accepted in that world and to be revered requires so much strength and so much demanding of that respect and so much of being like, who's the, you know, basically like who's got the biggest dick in the room and it's often Alice, you know, it really is. And I think that, you know, going back to that idea of it being the sports movie that elevates beyond is because there is a woman who's so powerful in it, you know, yeah. and and it really is about the powerful women in the story because Mickey isn't that powerful. Dickie isn't that powerful. These two, they're they're desperately fighting, you know, to be winners. But one of them's a drug addict and one of them is just a sweet little lamb who who can't if he wasn't being pushed into this world, he wouldn't be a fighter. Yeah, You know, I think it was just this was his way of connecting with his brother and his way of being accepted in this world, you know, but he's so much more sensitive and which I like. I love that. I exactly like I loved when I realized how sensitive Mickey was. I was like, okay, I feel more comfortable. But, Mm -hmm. you know, these women around him are especially Alice are so fucking tough and uh, and intimidating. And I think um I mean, I just think that that's like that world is it's so interesting that the women are not subservient. They're sometimes like it it can sometimes be a matriarchal situation. Yeah. Even Amy Adams, like she pushes back when she even when she opens up and tells her uh, tells him that she went to college for a high jump. What is it? Is that the oh pole vaulting? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. he's and he kind of laughs and she's like, fuck you. I was good. Like Mm -hmm. there's there's sort of this defense or. um when she says, um, I love, uh, it's like the title of a, in the details episode when she, uh, <laughs> basically she comes and knocks on his door cause he didn't call her mm-hmm. and, uh, and then he moves the shade and she says, I saw the shade move. It's just the way that she says, <laughs> yes, that. Amy Adams um, sees the shade move. Yeah. yeah. Amy Adams on the porch. Amy Adams the like, shade move. Totally. Um, and when they're buzzing back and forth. Um, when he's like, I just don't want to do this no more. I'm done with it. And she's like, well, that's fucking bullshit. It's sad that they let them take, you let them take that away from you. And she doesn't say like, she, oh, how do I say this? It's like, she wants to save him from all of this at the same time, but she also knows that he's good at it and encourages him and supports him at the same time. Even, even if it's not necessarily what he wants. I don't know if I said that the way that I wanted to, but, um, 
she she does encourage him but she she wants him to do it the right way really she wants him to do it like with these other people which is why there's so much conflict yeah um, it's like i don't think she wants him to be a fighter at all but if he's gonna yeah. do it do it the right way yes. get trained with this guy go to vegas get paid if this is the world like i kind of think that that's been her story and it's funny we're going back to amy adams but i just think that that character is there's so I think there's so much more about that character that maybe you and I are identifying with, whereas Melissa Leo's character is like we're kind of looking up at her. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. I think the conflicts of Charlene, it's like I get it of like, you know, this is like her own life. It's like these are the circumstances. I don't want to be a waitress. I don't want to work at a bar. But if I'm going to do it, um, I'm going to get tipped. I'm going to have I'm going to shame people into tipping me like I'm going to yeah. do this the right way. I'm not going to accept advances from assholes like I'm going to do this right. And I just yes. think that like she's definitely dreaming through Mickey of like, you could do this right on a larger level. You could get out of here. Um, yeah. But I don't think with you. Yeah, it's exactly. Honestly. I don't think she's living through him that she wants to be a boxer or anything. She just is like, Oh my God, this is what it could look like to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And speaking of just like Charlene, Charlene, fuck you, Charlene. Fuck you, Charlene. I want a tote bag that says that. But fuck C-H-A- you, Charlene. C H A H L E N E. Yes. Charlene, um, I love it. One of the first moments where just like she's sitting on that couch with Mark Wahlberg and all the sisters are just staring at her. Um, and then Alice comes home just like the like the king of the fucking castle. She comes in and she lights up a cigarette. She takes a drag first. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, so what's up? What's going on here? And um, just like the sparring between Amy Adams and Melissa Leo is just magic. I love when there's this thing that Melissa Leo does where she kind of has this like double neck, like double chin sort of moment. She's like, she comes in here. She disrespects me in my own house. Oh, fuck are you? It is just so good. Like she's talking to no one, but she's talking to everyone. And she has her leg crossed with a cigarette. Like, Mm -hmm prime cigarette acting there prime cigarette acting i know exactly what you mean with the chin i mean it goes back to the melissa leo her her willingness to just look as awful as she has to to get the story across you know and like Mm -hmm. there's no vanity to melissa leo in her performance you know and it was just like so jarring to see her at the oscars and she was just like she a beautiful woman but everything i've seen her in she just she brings herself to the roughest point, you know? And I think with this, it's like, yeah, the, the hair, the outfits, the, the, the skin, like, the, you know, you kind of see the effects of all the smoking in a way. Um, and her eyes, I think that that's, my Oscar moment goes back to really like what she does with her eyes in this one moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's her ability. And this is Nicole Kidman is good at this. Michelle Pfeiffer is good at this. She can communicate a world of pain just in her yeah, eyes, you know? For sure. Um, which, I mean, I guess it kind of takes us to, I think we should, we should dive into what are our moments? When do you think she won the Oscar or was nominated? I have like some runner ups for this, I mm-hmm. would say, um, because there are a lot and some of them are humor. Some of them are like, I think the humorous ones are the ones I like to get out of the way first. And one of them is when, um, Christian Bale's character meets uh, goes up to Sugar Ray Leonard after that fight, and mm-hmm. you see Melissa Leo in the background, just sort of like inching her way into the conversation, kind of smiling, but kind of just being supportive of of Dickie in the front too. And she doesn't really say anything, mm-hmm. but you can tell she is so close to just saying something she just wants to say something but she just wants to be a part of that crowd too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my god i know i remember that and it, it's 
it's those moments. That's what Jackie Weaver was really great at in Silver Linings Playbook. Yes. Um, or I think of, um, you've seen Rachel getting married, right? Have I have. Done? It's been a while, um, but I, um, yeah. Yeah, Anna DeVere Smith, who plays the stepmom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that's your thesis. It's yeah. like uh, you said, I think, in the first episode, when you get a moment alone with the best, that like hidden best supporting actress, when yes. she's sitting in that chair and she cries after that fight scene. Yes. And I remember that. I remember that yes. very vividly. Oh, that moment is so amazing because it's the only moment we really get with her. And it's just, it's everything you need to know about Carol. Oh. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I feel like. Melissa Leo, yes, she adds texture to those moments where you can see her being a mom and a manager and hungry for the attention and also a little bit of like, uh, what's my fucked up son doing saying to Sugar Ray Leonard, what's he going to do? Do I need to manage this moment? You know, there's, yes. there's always all of that going on. Yeah. Another moment, this goes back to the, the Charlene, um, that MTV girl. Oh, that. and I love when when Amy Adams is like, I don't know, I don't know what the fuck that is. An MTV yeah. girl, oh, I just, so good. I love um. No, just the delivery of that. That's where Amy Adams just fucking kills it. Is that timing and that callback? I know it's in the script, but that callback to you know, oh yeah, this fucking MTV girl, and she's like, yeah, whatever the fuck that is, and then moves on from the moment. You know, yes. Ugh. I love the way that Alice even says hello to everyone in the room. She goes hello, like mm -hmm. it, it's not warm it's like who is it, there's there's so much subtext in that hello mm -hmm. um and then another I, I forgot about this quote she's like i'm sorry i don't know who you are why are you talking and yeah. she kind of that's what she, she does like another neck thing and she's waving her cigarette around <laughs> she's oh, just that's, channeling joe pesci <laughs> why are you talking yeah she just like looks so like uh Oh, I can see what well, you're, you're saying. It, I'm seeing the face. It's there's furrowed eye eyebrows and there's the neck thing and the sitting back. Oh, the cars. What are you beeping at, asshole? <laughs> Why are you beeping? Why are you beeping? <laughs> I don't know who this is beeping at me. It's somebody's <laughs> car alarm going off. Um, I have one other runner up and then we'll get into like my top two really. But there's that brief ESPN clip where they're interviewing her and she's like tonight my son is gonna surprise everyone and beat sugar ray leonard i know it like she it's the most like formal that like she thinks because i guess she really doesn't get that moment to like be manager on television as well um but i i really like it the way she just stares right into the camera and is a little bit nervous but um also ready to shine at the same time it's good oh that i love that moment because it's like yeah it's the clip from like whenever the fight was and we're just seeing this like not ready for tv alice and <laughs> my assumption was that if we found the actual vhs that this is a spot-on um impersonation like i might i would ima I imagine this being like a real moment that they recreated oh yeah um yes. Yeah, I yeah that moment. I think that's again that goes back to that like mini Castavet moment of like, oh, this is not Melissa Leo being a bad actress. This is Melissa Leo as Alice not being good on TV. Yeah, that is, and that's really the the best part of watching a best supporting act. But but you kind of have to dig and think about that for a moment. You have mm -hmm. to kind of let that marinate and be like, oh yeah. Uh, if you're not looking at it through that lens, you you might miss it. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like yes. And I think that, you know, David O. Russell, I feel like he has, because uh, he did Silver, Silver Lightning's playbook as well. And so yes. there is that similarity of like, there's long single takes, there's lots of things going on in the background, there's lots of textured acting, there's lots of like choices like that where yeah. it, it's very like specifically directed, you know? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like she's, I don't feel like she's just the product of the director. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um. 
why don't you go with yours first the moment she wanted it? Sure. You have it ready, yeah. I do. I do. I think for me, this is, it, it just is seared into my brain. I think when I think about this, um, I mean, there's there, there's two moments. The, the comedic there's a lot one, to choose from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The comedic one that I think is just worth mentioning is in that scene when she's, first she's throwing the pots and pans at George. Yes. And then the sister says, well, you know, Dickie's in jail. Like, what's it matter? And she says, I'm not talking about his his trainer. I'm talking about his manager, which is me. Like it, the way that she says, it's almost like this energy of like, catch up here, come on. Like that's not what yeah. we're talking. It, it's such a surprising note to hit in that scene. That was really sort of exciting. And of course, I mean, I just loved all of that moment um, oh, of her just like, yeah, yeah, just like oh, he, he drives taxis, knows everything about boxing. <laughs> oh yeah, what does she say? I think I wrote it down, but I do love that there is a very well placed sweetheart in there i'm not talking about his trainer sweetheart sweetheart. i'm talking about his manager like that that's yeah and then she's like and that's sal banana fucking thing (laughs) that's sal banana salamana banana oh my god that all of those moments where she's being ridiculous and funny and women like that they 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 fuck things up when they say the names like yeah mr sal banana banana whatever you know like fucking thing thing. yeah i'm not talking about his trainer sweetheart i'm talking about his like that moment i loved but the moment to me that she won it is the porch fight when it's when when she's when they're all leaving and she looks at mickey and she goes Mickey, what are you doing? And she's got yeah. this devastated look in her eye, and she barely says the line. Like it's almost like just lip reading. Yes. That moment, the the hurt in her eyes, the pain, the like, re- and the manipulation. Like there's there's twenty things going on at once in that moment, yeah. and it's feels so genuine that you don't. You're like maybe this woman is just deeply hurt right now, yeah. and she is. Like he's her son. Like as much as it's. Like, this is still going back to that family thing. And that's that moment of, oh, my God, you are choosing against me right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and to be faced with that, I just, in all of that chaos, I think that moment to capture that, you know, mm-hmm. to let us see that moment, it was almost like Sandy Dennis on the stairs, that we got yeah. to see that moment, oh, you I know? Um, that to so me, much. that's where she wanted. It was just amazing. Yeah, I mean, the porch scene, which we didn't really unpack, it's it's a, a monumental moment in film history for me. <laughs> mm. And it is, yeah. it is, it is like maybe even like half of the foot going over the line of camp. Just yes. the idea of all these sisters piling into one car. There's no way they could have fit in one car. They no. hit the garbage cans on their way in, and they march up to the porch. They they want Charlene and Mickey to come out, and uh, and then chaos ensues. They get into a huge fight, and it just mm-hmm. escalates really quickly. Um, it's <laughs> it's magic to me. It's I love it's it insane. A lot. Yeah. I mean, it is like the hair is ridiculous. That I mean, those actresses are so perfectly cast. There's the one woman, apparently she plays Donna, at the actress's name, yes. Jill Quigg. Donna is the best. She is there's, the best. You, just to look at her, there's something about her. I'm like, you are, this, this, is, this is not an actress getting into a character. You're this woman. She was born in Boston. She's been in two movies set in Boston. Yeah. You know, there's a picture of her. If you go to her IMDb page, there's one photo of her in the background of Amy Ryan in Gone Baby Gone. Oh, and you're like you're like, yep, there she is. There's that face. Yeah. I mean, the other micro moment of that porch scene is when um, they call her Skank and uh, Amy Adams says, don't call me Skank. I'll rip that nasty hair right out of your fucking head. Mm-hmm. And then they pan to the, the, the sister and then she looks like this. She's like, 
what did she yes. just say? Yeah, oh, it's so great. I laugh hard every time. Uh, I that, yeah, that moment was great. Yeah, to yeah, give like Cindy, the third the yeah name. the third woman in the scene a moment. Yeah. you know, it's it's enough for the second woman in the scene to get a moment. You know, yeah, it's amazing. I think we're looking for in this like in the moment that I'm kind of looking for and is is the vulnerability or when does Alice finally like snap out of manager alice for a moment i guess is the mm. way to put that and and one of them is that porch moment for sure the second moment is the car scene with um christian bale where they sing that bg song yes um, uh-huh. it, which is it's called i started a joke um and I, melissa leo is just it she's dealing with her son son's addiction and like chooses to be there know about it but also ignore it at the same time and Mm -hmm. and and it probably comes to a head every so often like that like how many car rides have they sung that song right you know what i mean right exactly Um, how many times does that happen how many times has he jumped out of the window into a pile of garbage it's just uh yeah i love that they show that twice i love that because i'm sure there's many more moments like that and it's definitely christian bale like i i think that's the whole idea is he just like does all his own stuff and he gets really yeah. into it and he loses all the weight and i'm just like yeah that's yes. so christian bale yeah christian bale is uh it's one of my favorite best supporting actor uh roles i've uh, or just like performances that i've ever seen i i think he's amazing in this movie and uh both him and Melissa Leo both stayed in character on set, which oh, yeah. I admire, and also like, ugh, that was probably real rough to be around at the same time too. Like, right? Just to, well, all right, come on, we're having lunch here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can a burrito right now? You yeah, don't need to put like, down the yeah, cigarette, but... Melissa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but my moment is the most micro of micro moments, and I, it just really hit me in a way that I going back to my childhood like and my family and like back to like my uncle mark's sort of like my extended sort of group of friends uh, my dad's group of friends really that um it is the cake scene where they bring Mm. the cake into the um uh the training area and there's a lot going on in that scene because basically mickey just told dickie that he doesn't want to train with him and dickie comes back out and melissa leo's trying to uh, sort of shepherd the sisters in and get everyone set up and uh the surprise is basically ruined but all they got i I just like love this all they got was a store-bought cake and like a jug of like hawaiian punch that's all it is yeah and um and christian bell says this is really nice thank you for doing this and melissa leo like i want you to almost go back and watch and i don't know if you remember what she does with her hands but like she she's like well you know she's like well we've been working on it for two weeks so and that's all she says <laughs> and the fact that it's they've been working on it for two weeks just to bring a cake and hawaiian punch ah uh, it i don't know why it kills me every single time it's like i i there is this level of like oh my god like this is the best you could do and also like she's like embarrassed but she's also like uh happy that he's back and the the way that she moves her body during that sentence too she's like well you know you we've been working on it for two weeks oh my god it's just devastating to me uh it's it's a such a small moment and there's so many of those moments like that in my childhood when like a little oh that's a big celebration someone coming back from jail of course but like little things like that where there's there's all these like moving parts behind it and it's really not a big deal it's just cake and hawaiian punch and the fact that they put it together i love it so much yeah Um, 
Oh, I I remember I remember the cake scene, and I love those little moments. So I'll go back and watch it. Because yes, please. It I, is yeah. like I said, a micro. You blink and you miss it. But mm-hmm. I, that sort of. I don't know how you describe that. It's like, well, like she doesn't know how to say you're welcome or I'm glad you're back. So she does it with that cake instead. And like, I don't know. I don't know. I just really, really love it. Amongst the other things that we've already talked about, like, I think that's just my favorite moment of her. It might not even be the moment she won it, but it's the moment she won it for me. And I guess that's what this segment is. But yeah. um, Yeah. I mean, I think those moments, it's like, to me, it's like they were happy accidents that got caught on camera that you just like, you know, again, it goes back to like, no one told her to do that. You can't Mm -hmm. tell someone to do those little gestures. You can't tell someone like, you can't tell Sandy Dennis to do all the things she did. And who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. Like you can't. And I think with Melissa Leo, especially like if she's just like, living in this character mm-hmm. these these are just like yeah I, I i'm so fascinated by like where do these acting choices come from like are are the actors as surprised when that happens you know do they watch it and go yeah. oh wow i don't remember doing that that's cool you yeah. know and because it's like you just yes. you can't script yeah. it you can't direct it you can't plan it as an actor because it won't yeah. it'll be like her at the oscars going oops you know like yes it won't work it won't work, um, mm. but it does for me in that scene for sure. Yeah. Ugh, I just love her so much. Uh, well, I um, thank you. I mean, I don't think I would have watched The Fighter, even though I knew about these these yeah. best supporting performances by two amazing women. I don't think I would have really dove in with without this opportunity. Um, I will say in terms of homework in wanting to because I realized going through Melissa Leo's filmography that I've seen like nothing she's been in and yeah, she's same, been in so actually. much and yeah. I think the one that and we talked about this a little before we started but the one I want to start with is Frozen River yes like that I, looks I always mm. want to call it Mystic River or even that movie Winter's Bone like, they're, they're I, right, all the same movie to right? me. I don't know why yeah. I know I, I the same thing I was like is this the one with Sean Penn? No, okay, no, no, Ooh, no. I'm excited for Marsha Gay Harden, though, in that movie. Have you seen Mystic <gasps> Yes, I saw in the theaters. Yes. Yeah, Marsha Gay Harden and Laura Linney has a great, yes. like, Lady oh, Macbeth. Laura Linney, future BSA. Future BSA. Oh, what did she, what did she get, what did she win for? Was she it, didn't win anything yet, Colin. She's never won oh, an Oscar. Oh, future BSA. Yeah, That's future BSA. True. Isn't that crazy? Laura Amanda Linney. Laura Linney. <laughs> oh, I thought I knew that, that she hated Laura <laughs> yeah, Linney. Yeah. I, I love Laura Linney. Um, Me too. I'm the into savages. It. Have you seen the savages? Did not with yet. Or Philip Seymour either. Hoffman, I think. Yeah, Philip Seymour. I saw it a long time ago, and it was dark. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's um, great. I, I remember loving her in the first season of The Big C. Did you see I that on not Showtime? Seen it. I remember oh. when it came out. Yeah, that was good. It got a little weird in future seasons. Sure. The first season was great. Um, but yeah, I am uh, as far as Melissa Leo. I also saw whatever episode of Louis that she was on with Louis C.K., which I know. Oh was, yeah, so did I. And um, that but, truck. Yeah, but yeah. she's. I mean, th- I know that show. I mean, I I fully understand people being like, "Fuck that show." But the yeah. the women. I mean, have you seen the Laurie Metcalf episode? I don't know if I had. I oh. probably would have remembered it. Oh uh, my god! Oh, it's, damn it! And okay, so it's the two of them at a bar, and mm-hmm. Laurie Metcalf. It's almost entirely her, and it's just a single take of her telling a story. And it is, and it'll cut back to him like, but the first take yeah. is like twelve minutes. It's Whoa. in or something ridiculous. Really, like, okay. This is just Laurie Metcalf acting. It's so good. It's Ooh. so good. So, I, 
I think that it's kind of like Rosemary's Baby. Say what you will about Roman Polanski, but you can't take it away from Ruth Gordon. You know? Yeah. Excellent so, point. Yeah. Um, yes. 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 But yeah. Um, but yes, I am. Uh, I'm. So that's really all I know of Melissa Leo. So I'm super keen to kind of, you know, really get to know her. Apparently not in The Wrestler, but not in Mystic River either, or The Winter's Bone, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Frozen River. Frozen River. Yeah. Too many similar words in those in those right titles. yeah uh, um well should we get to our bsa of the week colin do we, we feel should. good about moving on i do i do that. yeah our bsa of the week which you know as our listeners know is something in our lives this week that is acting as the best supporting actress of our lives which could be a performance it could be an actor or an actress it could be a song it could be a food it could be a thing um it's just something that is hitting that tone and that note for us this week um i would love to hear yours Okay. Um, it's it's fitting that we talked a little bit about Barefoot Contessa. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go into that more, but I, I often try to... Uh, I'm, I'm just, in general, a fan of cooking shows and the Food Network and actually the Cooking Channel, which is different from the Food Network and offers a little bit more... I, I, I don't think it, there's anything more that the Food Network doesn't have. Obviously, I think the Food Network's a little bit more popular, but I remember when I... I think I started watching when I lived in New York with Amanda... Uh, I discovered Nigella Lawson. Do you oh, know Nigella. Of course, Nigella Bites. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. And I think much like um uh Ina, there is a similar vibe and um a very comforting feeling. I think it's 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 due to her accent, it's due to the way that she's very almost seductive in a way i feel like if i was a straight man i'd be really into nigella lawson i feel mm, she's yeah. i think she's gorgeous um mm-hmm. but i've been watching kind of like before bed it's kind of like my little rewind or uh, not rewind unwind excuse me uh before bed i'll watch like there's th- these little clips on youtube and there's actually full episodes of her just um you know of course making food but she does it in a way she's she's a really great um i wonder if she's a writer uh, because the vocabulary that she uses uh, as she cooks, too, is just so fitting mm. and textured as well that I really she's giving me everything that I need uh, for my little bedtime unwind. And I've been kind of watching that all week and I've been really enjoying it. And I don't know what your the level of familiarity you have with her is, but I, I would highly suggest it. I really, really I- enjoy her. I feel like I've seen some things of hers. And yeah, certainly like it feels like bedtime watching like it's there's oh, there's yeah. even like. I feel like there's always a clip where she's like, oh, I'm just making a little midnight snack of my leftovers. Ooh, yes. mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's kind of awkward and clumsy in a way too. Like, but I, much like Ina, I enjoy the, the rough around the edges. Like she's not perfect. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like and you that. sort of expect that. And then she's not. And that's kind of like, that, that's yeah. sort of what a best supporting actress note. If I expected you to be perfect and then you were human, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. I, I would definitely spend some more time with uh, Nigella. If anything, I just finished the Great British Bake Off this Ooh. most recent season, so I got to fill that void somehow. Yeah, um, for sure. have you watched that show at all ever? I um yes, I have, and mm-hmm. I can definitely see myself committing fully to it. Um, mm-hmm. I at first I didn't know which season to start with because I know some of the earlier seasons are not that it's not as good, but I feel like. Is her name Mary Berry? Is that Mary Berry, she, yeah. Yeah, she comes mm-hmm. in a little bit later. I, I can't really remember. Um, I remember you talking about it on All Right, Mary, uh, I believe. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. I do like it. We watched... Uh, I'm really trying... This is uh, to limit my TV watching because I find... 
I am obviously less productive when I watch TV. It's so easy to just sit in my chair and just like go for it. But I, I do still watch stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, the answer is yes. And I did love it. I watched yeah. like four or five episodes of one season. I was like, I could be here all day and I need to get off, off of the couch, off of the couch, excuse me. But yeah, no, I hear yeah. you. It's I, and I feel like now, you know, at the age of content, we have to be pickier about or else you're just going to sit there and watch things because there's yeah, always true. more to watch. I, I have yeah. conflicted feelings about binge watching these days, but I used to be all about it. And now mm -hmm. I, I, I kind of, and plus I have to watch so much, so many things for, you know, this podcast and other things too, that I have to limit. I'd rather just, I do it more for work rather than pleasure these days, but, uh, yeah, oh, I hear work. you, right? It's yeah. pleasure and work mixed at the same time, yeah. But you're watching knowing you have to talk about it and you have yeah. to like have notes. Totally. I'm in the same way where I'm like, mo so much of what I watch now is like when I don't have to watch it for a podcast, I'm like, oh, I guess I'll, I guess I could just, all right, I guess I'll just watch this. Okay, yeah, that's nice. That's easier. Nice. Yeah. It is. It's nice to um, let yourself go. But yeah, anyways. but it's a great problem to have of like, oh, so much of what I watch, I then get to talk about. So, yeah, um, of course, trying to be grateful for that. But yeah, it's it's a different energy. Um, I um, I had, you know, I have a couple at first. I was like, oh, God, I don't know what my BSA of the week is. And now I'm realizing that I've got a couple. And then I'm realizing, oh, God, did I just forget one of them? <laughs> Oh no! So I, I know. I don't know why I always forget as well. Too, I never write it down on my notes. And yeah, I always just think of it on the fly. So I mean, after this week's conversation, I kind of want to just like shoehorn in Amy Ryan and just make her my BSA of the week. Yeah. But I, I think that would be like the one that I guess has she been hitting the BSA? Maybe not the BSA energy, but has been like, oh, this is like an intriguing woman in my energy right now. Okay. I have been. Um, watching the first season of Project Runway. Oh. Which I'd never seen. I've seen other earlier seasons of it. And um, it's, you know, have you seen any seasons of Project Runway? I feel like you've asked me that before. And um, the season that I'm probably most familiar with, and even w familiar is, is not even strong enough of a word, um, is the one with, I don't know, randomly, uh, she's stuck in my head, it's Uli. Uli's oh, Uli Herzner. Yeah. Yeah. She made those like flowy, beautiful, bright yes! colored dresses. And then yeah. she got kicked off because it was too much of the same thing. And yeah. I well, she her. got to the, she got to fashion week, but she didn't win. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I actually, I really love Project Runway. It's, mm -hmm. um, it, it's a show that and I understand, you know, produced by Harvey Weinstein. Again, we need to extract sure. one from the other. Um, I, I think that like even later seasons, like you do get very attached to these designers. They're all super talented. You, it's so focused on just the, even with the drama that they fold in, it's so focused on the art and the craft of it. The first season though, is a little bit more about the drama than the challenges. Okay. And what's interesting about it is we're so used to now having like, oh, and I just remembered who my other BSA was. I'm so excited. Yes. Um, I'm going to like, write it down somewhere because yeah, if I don't just give me a keyword. Just, yeah. Um but and so that'll be my actual BSA. But okay. um my other runner up is going to be um this first season there's no one that you like love. You know, like we're so yeah. used to from from reality TV like oh there's someone that I love. There's someone that I really identify with. There's someone that I'm rooting for. There's no one that I'm rooting for on season 1 of Project Runway, not because there's no talent, but because there's no there's maybe one person that you kind of like She's definitely like likable and doesn't start drama, and she seems like she knows what she's doing. And I think she goes to the finale. Um, and so like there's there's Carison and Jay McCarroll, who um, 
spoiler alert, but everybody knows this, he won the first season. Sure. Um, if you've seen the comeback, he is the designer of Valerie's dress that she wears backwards to the Golden Globes. Oh my God. And then he shows up. He's like, what are you doing? You're wearing it backwards. And so that's, oh my God, that's Jamie Carroll. Okay. He, he's actually pretty great because he is so like, I can't do this reality TV bullshit. Like he's so not bullshitting yeah. and it's kind of refreshing. But I think who I'm most intrigued by is Wendy Pepper, who is okay. She's so much more complex than you would expect for the first season of a very early yeah. reality TV competition show. She is, she's this like forty-something-year-old, you know, mom and dressmaker from Virginia, who you first think, oh, she's just going to be the mom of the room, and then you realize she's just manipulating all of them, and she's a fucking monster. And it's so just, it's like, it's basically like Ruth Gordon in Rosemary's yeah. Baby, where you're just like, oh God, like I keep trusting you and then realizing that you're totally fake and fucking with everybody. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm finding her fascinating, not because I like her, but because of what she's doing feels so unique. And to have hit that note so early in a show is kind of impressive. Yeah. Um, my actual BSA, who I forgot, who I will actually make the BSA is, I just watched the other night. It's a documentary that's produced by the same guys who produced RuPaul's Drag Race. It is The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and it's a oh. documentary about Tammy Faye Baker. Yes, yes, yes. I did not appreciate how amazing she is. I didn't get it. She really is, like, not she, – she loves the gays. Let me just put that right out there. She loves yes. the gays. She, there were, they showed a segment about her on whatever, like, talk show she had because they, like, <clears throat> they were, like, the beginning of, like, televangelists. And Got she it. had on, like, you know, through, it was through, like, satellite, but she had an interview in the 80s with a guy, you know, with AIDS. And um, she talks to him, and then she, you know, at the end of the interview, she's, of course, in tears, and she says, it's just, it's, it's such a shame. I just think it's such a shame that we Christians and consider ourselves the salt of the earth and that we're, you know, supposed to love everybody equally, that this is how we treat our brothers and sisters out there, that we yeah. can't put our arms around someone with AIDS and embrace them the way we would anybody else. And I was like, God, wow. I like for her to do that is so powerful. And to be speaking to a Christian audience, I mean, she is I just was so wowed by her and I I recommend this documentary wholeheartedly you will not leave this documentary without falling head over heels in love with her oh I love that is it easily accessible yes or? it's okay. on either Netflix or Amazon Prime but Ooh, or if you have perfect. wow presents I'm sure it's on there I think they actually yeah. have another follow-up documentary on wow presents um which is just you know four years later after the eyes mm -hmm. of Tammy Faye you know it RuPaul narrates it um, okay. And you can tell why he loves her so much. Sure. Like, it just makes perfect sense. Ugh. I can't wait to watch. Yeah. Yay. It's so easy. And it's like an hour and 15 minutes. It's real quick. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Love yeah. That. Um, so, yeah. You know, <laughs> the 11th hour, I remembered. <laughs> Yay. I'm glad Tammy you Faye. did. I'm glad you did. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, it seems oh, that we're oh, being played off oh, as again. We always go on too long, don't we? It happens um, every time. happens every time. But, you know... We, Next time we'll we'll be like Valerie Cherish practicing our practicing our speech in the kitchen, trying to get it <laughs> under thirty seconds. Um, <laughs> oh well, great. as we're being played off, where can people get more of us? Uh, well, I know that they can find me every week or every other week. This at this point at the Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour uh, with Amanda Kaczynski, Best Supporting Actress Amanda Kaczynski. <laughs> um, you can also listen to my other podcast, The No Good, Very Bad Gay, which I do every once in a while at my leisure. Yeah. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kochanov. 
where can we find you, Colin? Well, you can always get more of me on my um, very adjacent podcast, In the Details, A Celebration of Nuance. If you like these conversations, you'll probably enjoy that podcast as well. Lots of Best Supporting Actresses. Um, You can, of course, get more of me on All Right, Mary, which is my podcast dedicated to drag competition reality TV, drag race and beyond. And you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. Um, yeah, I guess that's everything. Yeah, and yeah, of course, and you, also, you oh, said the email address. Did you say the email address? I did not yet. I oh, was well just then about to do it. Go for um, it. So you can always email us your thoughts. We had a couple of lovely emails this week, and it's just so refreshing and lovely to, to like hear that our tribe is out there. Um, oh my God! Yes, yes. And um, but if you have any thoughts or suggestions or just comments about anything, always feel free to email us at the bsa pod at gmail.com and you can follow us on twitter at bsa pod yeah wonderful well of course we want to thank melissa leo we want to thank amy adams Ugh. we want to thank hocus pocus we want to thank celia weston oh we'll see i know I, I really there's nothing else more to say but uh we'll see you at the westons we'll celia you at the westons oh yeah <laughs> goodbye <laughs> 